Taste is a fascinating aspect of human perception. It varies greatly from person to person. Often it's said that one person's delicacy is another person's distaste, highlighting the vast differences in individual preferences. The notion that coriander can taste heavenly to some, whilst resembling soap to others, is just one example of the intriguing and diverse world of taste. Throughout the culinary landscape, there are numerous instances where people's taste buds diverge, forming a rich tapestry of unique and often polarising flavour experiences. Let's delve deeper into the intriguing world of taste and explore some of the other notable examples. Take for an example, mushrooms. While some individuals revel in the earthy and unami rich flavours of mushrooms, others find their taste and texture off-putting. What may be a delightful addition to one person's pasta dish might evoke a strong aversion in another. Then we have anchovies. These small salted fish are diverse ingredient. Some people relish the intense savoury punch that they add to dishes like a Caesar salad or pizza, while others find their strong fishy taste overpowering and unpleasant. If you've been to an Asian supermarket or visited Thailand or Vietnam, you'd know about durian, often referred to as the king of fruits. Durian has a distinct odour that people either love or despise. Its taste is equally divisive with some savouring its creamy custard-like texture, a unique blend of sweet and savoury notes, whilst others describe it as a rotten onion or gym socks. I don't know who's tasting gym socks to describe it that way, but anyway. I'm not a fan really of the next two. Blue cheese, it's pungent. Tangy and assertive flavours are adored by many. However, its characteristic mouldy, veiny and strong aroma can be a major turn-off for individuals who find the taste overwhelming or simply dislike the sharpness of aged cheeses like myself. And finally, licorice. Yuck. This black confectionery treat divides taste buds into two camps. Those who revel in its distinct aniseed flavour and appreciate its unique sweetness, like my husband and those who find it overpowering, medicinal or reminiscent of cough syrup like myself. These examples illustrate how our taste preferences can differ significantly, with some of us finding pleasure in flavours that others perceive as unpalatable or even repulsive. It's this incredible diversity that makes the culinary world so fascinating, that keeps us constantly exploring new flavours and culinary experiences. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's the podcast that's all about the cuisine that is said to have founded modern cooking. French ingredients and dishes have been the starting block for many of the world's best chefs and cooks. On Fabulously Delicious, you'll learn all about those dishes, ingredients, as well as get to know more about fabulous French chefs and cooks. I'm your host, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Enchanté. Ten years ago, my life changed when I competed on MasterChef Australia, and now I share my time between France, Paris and my house in the French countryside, as well as the UK, London and Brighton. My life is all about cooking, eating and living life the best way I can. I love meeting wonderful food producers, chefs, home cooks, drinking amazing wines and eating some of the over 1,500 French cheeses and sharing these fabulous experiences with you. I hope you're enjoying them. Today we are continuing the A to Z of French herbs. Today's herb, the coriander. 
which is probably more well-known in Asian or Middle Eastern cuisines, but it's also used in French cuisine. So, sit back, turn up the volume. If you're not driving, pour yourself a glass of wine, break a baguette, add a bit of saucisson maybe, mmm, yum, some delicious cheese, and enjoy today's episode of Fabulously Delicious, the A to Z of French herbs. Coriander. Coriander in French is pronounced coriander and spelt very similar to coriander in English. In French, it's C-O-R-I-A-N-D-R-E. Coriander is also known around the world as cilantro in some places. It's an annual herb from the Episee family in which all the parts of the plant, the root, the leaves, stems and seeds are all edible. It has a tart, almost lemony taste, but to some, it tastes like soap, and those people detest it. This herb is one of the herbs that is native around the world. You can find varieties in Southern Europe, Northern Africa, and Southwestern Asia. It has an important part to play in many of the world's cuisines, like Thai, Vietnamese, Indian, and Mexican, to name a few. The name coriander actually derives from the old French name coriand, which comes from the Latin coriandrum and goes all the way back to ancient Greek language. This name, the ancient Greek one, I can't pronounce, but it's derived from the name of bedbugs. Yes, apparently the ancient Greeks thought the coriander smelt like bedbugs. Cilantro is the Spanish word for coriander and is also derived from that old French name. Its use by humans is so old that there are findings of it in archaeological layers in caves in Israel that date back to over 8,000 years ago. There are also traces of it in the tomb of Tutankhamun, which is even more astounding to archaeologists and botanists because the plant does not grow wild in Egypt. This was backed up by references to coriander in the Ebers Papyrus, an ancient Egyptian text from around 1550 BC. Coriander is rich in vitamin A, C and K, and the seeds have a significant amount of calcium, dietary fibre, iron and magnesium. On the subject of people having a distaste for coriander, it's interesting to me that studies have shown that different ethnic groups have a dislike for coriander. Mostly, those groups come from people whose national cuisine doesn't use it in their cuisine as much as the others. Interestingly, though, of those groups where there are identical twins involved, 80% of those identical twins both dislike the herb. No other herb has such a dislike attached to it. In a genetic survey of nearly 30,000 people, Two genetic variants were found that linked to the perception of the dislike of coriander or not. In France, coriander came to prominence in the 17th century when the French used distilled coriander to make a type of liquor. This was known as chartreuse. Chartreuse is a herbal liquor that originated from a recipe developed by the Carthusian monks in the Chartreuse Mountains of France. The liquor is made using a blend of various herbs and botanicals, including coriander, which contributes to its unique flavour profile. 
The exact recipe of chartreuse is a closely guarded secret known only by a select few members of the Carthusian order. While coriander is a beloved herb in many culinary traditions, I couldn't find any quotes specifically about coriander itself within French cuisine. However, I can share a famous quote about herbs and cooking in general by the renowned chef Julia Charm. Julia once said, Herbs are the friend of the physician and the pride of cooks. Although this quote doesn't mention coriander specifically, it captions the essence of the importance of herbs in the culinary world and their potential health benefits. Coriander, with its distinct flavour and versatility, is undoubtedly an integral part of the diverse tapestry of herbs that enhance our cooking experience. And I've got to believe, someday, sometime in her cooking career, Julia Child threw in a bit of coriander to a dish or two. We should try it, I'm sure she did. That's it for another episode of Season 3 of Fabulously Delicious. How do you use coriander? Let me know your favourite recipes for coriander by contacting me via Instagram. Slide into my DMs at Andrew Pryor Fabulously, as I love to receive recipes from you all. If you share them with me, I'll give them a go and post on my socials and possibly my blog, which you can find at andrewpryorfabulously.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you know what my motto is? Whatever you do, do it fabulously. Merci beaucoup and bon app. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.